0: You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikenna Okeke and be blessed. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. Okay, greet someone and take your seat. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I didn't say you should shake hands. I just said greet. You can wave. You can smile. Praise the Lord. But however, the Lord has been good to us. Can we thank the Lord for keeping Nigeria safe from the coronavirus pandemic once again? I was le- watching the news, and you know they said um, total deaths I mean one death is bad enough though, but total deaths from coronavirus in Nigeria they say one thousand one hundred and something, and nations are counting one hundred thousand, and we that Are like the cow without tail, God has been what? Driving the flies away for us. Come on, let's put our hands together and thank the Lord. Without a ventilator, without any of those things, without protective gear. When they wanted to buy protective gear, they were looking for second (laughs) hand. God is good to us. And that is why we know that he that delivered us from the pandemic will deliver us from the other things that we are facing as a nation. In the name of Jesus, he's a faithful God. He's a wonderful God. Praise the Lord. Okay, one more time we are celebrating and we are glad for the 17 years of the Father's Church. Let's appreciate the Lord. It is His doing, and we are really, really, really thankful and grateful. You know, anniversaries or birthdays are times that you can do so many things or you're expected to do so many things in one. Celebrate, yes. Be thankful, yes. But also, is a time for meditation. It is a time for introspection. Is it is a time for review, to look at what has happened what should happen and then going forward to adjust your faith so that you can be in sync with what the Lord is doing praise the Lord and and on Sunday we we encourage ourselves that we should look at revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3 where we find the Lord giving his review of some of the churches in his message to John or rather his message through John the beloved and we want tonight to go to the first church there, which is a church uh, at Ephesus, Revelation chapter 2. And we'll begin from there to see what the Lord may be calling our attention to as the Father's church. Praise the Lord. So I'll read Revelation 2 verse 1 to 7. Let's read together. To so the angel of the church of Ephesus write, this thing says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and I've not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Somebody say, thank God for the opportunity to repent. Yes, yes, only the living can repent. Only those that have opportunity, I mean, only those that God wants to repent and is given the chance can have that. So he says, unless you repent. Okay, so he says, But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Verse 7, let's read this out loud. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes... I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, so we are seeing this. And on Sunday, you remember, we noted that whereas this message is to the church, but you could see that there is a call to response for individuals. Because God will not hold me accountable for you, and he will not hold you accountable for me. Every man shall give an account of himself. I will be uh, char- charged for my faithfulness in stewardship to you, but I cannot live your life. Praise the Lord. The same way also you're going to be you know, held accountable, but you're also not going to be held for the thing. So it's balanced. There's a general message, but there's a responsibility on each individual to do what? To respond. And we said that because there's opportunity for repentance, there is opportunity to turn things around. I mean, it used to be so beautiful those days in school while the exam or test is going on and the teacher comes and looks at your work and says, no, 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 no. Have you forgotten this? What do you do immediately? You cancel everything and then do the correct thing. When the result comes out, doesn't matter whether you got it at the first time or you got it at the second time. What matters what is that the final result you pass. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says that the righteous may fall how many times? Seven times, but he has the opportunity to rise again. So falling is not fatal. It is refusing to repent that is fatal. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will help us to know our area so that we can repent and finish well and finish strong. In the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, so we look at this church and every time I've had to look at this, it's always a problem. Because what we see here is a big challenge. Look at what these people had going for them. They were working. Works, W-O-R-O-K, means they were working. They were working. This church was working. The next thing we see was that this church was laboring. Now, when it goes from work to labor, then I don't know which one that is out of there. So possibly, I don't know which where the work transited to labor, but everything you could imagine, these people were doing it. Sometimes at this stage, I almost give up. Because I say, I can't even say that I'm laboring. Praise the Lord. And then they didn't stop there. They said, your patience. Now, this is it. They're working, they're laboring, and they have patience. This is a challenge. Praise the Lord. And then, not just that they were working and they were laboring and they had patience. We learned, um, I think it was two Wednesdays ago, that faith and patience are what? Siamese mean, twins. You can't separate them. If you have faith, if you don't have patience, you're going to keep having abortions because the things that God gave to you will not come to full term. But these people, they had work, and the Bible talks about the work of faith. Okay? They have labor. And they have patience added to it. This is almost perfection. Praise the Lord. And they even got better. He said what? That they are not tolerating evil. Praise the Lord. This church cannot bear those who are evil. So they are not accommodating. They are not compromising. This is how good they were. And then the Bible says they had discernment. They had tested those who would say they are apostles. And are not. And have found them liars. So they were operating in strong, you know, anointing for discernment. They knew what was right. They knew what was wrong. And this continued in verse 4. Sorry, verse 3. Verse 3 repeated some of the things they said in verse 2. And it says, you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake. When I saw this, I was also challenged further because I was saying, okay, it's possible. They were doing all these things they were doing for their own name's sake their motivation was wrong but i see that verse 3 says all this was for who for Jesus' sake you know lord jesus said he will say to you know some persons in the last day who will come to him and say lord lord did we not cast out devils did we not heal in your name did we not do this in your name he will say to them what depart from me for what i never knew but these ones they were doing it for him The ones who did, he would say that to, were those who did it maybe for self-glory, for personal, you know, whatever it is. But these ones, the Bible says, they had labored for Jesus' sake and have not become weary. Praise the Lord. But look at verse 4. Verse 4 says, nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love remember therefore from where you have fallen repent and do the first works or else i will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand now at this point i just wish and i pray and i desired that they would have told us exactly what they left because looking at what we are looking at i can't see anything can you see if you can see help us praise the lord anybody can see had seen before now You see, he says, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first law. Now, we don't know what they have left, because they were laboring, they were patient, they were not tolerating evil, they were working in discernment, they were not weary. So they hadn't even fainted. So what did they leave? The truth is this, we weren't told, but I believe the people he was talking to know. And maybe I also know my own case. Because one thing that was revealed to me in that particular verse is that the word left means you have deserted something. When I say, what did you leave at home? You see, probably I came out with everything I had. But everybody will know what you left. Left means they had had it for a time. You see, this statement didn't say, but there is something you are lacking, you don't have this. If you say to me, I don't have something... It could be something that I've never had and may never have the capacity to have. Praise the Lord. But when it says you have left, it means that there was something you were doing before. There was something you had before that at some point, what did you do? You dropped it. So this is a message that is a bit personal. This is a message that calls for personal interpretation. You know the Bible says uh, no prophecy of Scripture is of what private interpretation, but this one is for my private interpretation, and for your private interpretation, and for our private interpretation, because I don't know what you have le- what you had before. You see, our Lord Jesus in this church did not call this church to attain. The Apostle Paul says, forgetting the things which are behind. I pressed forward to the mark of the high court. These people, they didn't ask them to press forward. They said, go back. So there was something that was existing. There was something they had going for them. There was something they were doing initially that along the line, as their faith increased, as their labor increased, as their patience increased, as their discernment increased, that one was left behind. Praise the Lord now because it was not specific we want to look at every dimension of love what it could be so how, what are the dimensions we have in love there is love for god okay there is love for our brethren and then there is love for who was the third love okay the first and greatest commandment love the lord i God with all thy i have with all thy i so and then love your neighbor as yourself so i'm breaking it down a different way now love for god love for brethren love for there's a, a third love love for the lost love for the lost the bible says for god what so loved the world and we are sons of god that he gave his only begotten son so there are three dimensions of love i mean what you're saying is right but for This study, this is the way we want to look at it. So we want to see, for us, now, we are not examining the Ephesus church. We don't know their details. But we want to examine ourselves. Okay? And the first love is that love for God. And Matthew 22, verse 37 to 40, where the question was asked our Lord Jesus Christ. What is the greatest commandment? What did he say? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And 38, he went on and said... This is the first and great commandment. And it says the second is like it. What do you do? You love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. So let us check. Let us examine. Could it be that my love for God has waned over time? Whereas I'm still strong for the Lord. You know, it can be strong for something and then your love is waning. I don't know what it is, but... Is a possibility because, thank God, they say, what you left is your first love. Now, we don't know what it was in detail, but we're trying to scan and, you know, peruse and find out what it may be. Could it be that this church has left the love they had for the Lord? It's a message that said, love with your intellect. You see, and this is an area that we could begin to ask ourselves some questions. Is my love for God progressing in equal proportion, ideally in a higher proportion, with the way that my love and sensitivity to other things are changing? I don't know if someone is getting what I'm trying to say. You see, as you grow, as you grow in life, as you mature in life, I can't remember what exactly was happening the other day, and I just laughed. And they said, this life is interesting. But as you progress in life, you see as you, your details in certain things, as God blesses you, your standards are changing. So you, you will not accept some things. Okay, okay, let me use this one. You may capture it. For many of us who have not traveled outside of the country, you would gladly, gladly go on a plane And get yourself to the to Dubai or to to London or to somewhere in the United States of America, even if you have to stand throughout the flight, that is the one they call attachment. Am I right? If that is what it is. But when God blesses you and you start flying to you know Asia, to Europe, to you know Bangladesh, Bangalore, all the cocks, before you know it, after some time now, if you want to fly, if they say there is no business class seat you will say you're not flying what has happened god has what blessed you to the point where what your details are changing so it's not just flying you're specific about the way you want to fly for some people they don't want connecting flight they say if there's no direct flight i'm not going but whereas the first time you were ready to start from abuja and go through uh calabar then from calabar pass through cameroon cameroon you get a flight that takes you to ethiopia And in Ethiopia, you now get the flight that brings you to uh, Frankfurt. Then finally, from Frankfurt, you get to London. uh, You're happy once you arrive and you say, this is London. (laughs) Hallelujah. But as God promotes you, you begin to adjust some things. Now, the question I want us to ask ourselves is, as we also grow in God, are we redefining our dedication to him? Are, Are we getting finer in our love for him? Or is our love for him still very crude? It doesn't matter. You're traveling, you're traveling. But for your personal choice, now you have changed it. You have refined it. Is the weight of God on your scale of preference still maintaining the the maximum? Is he occupying, still occupying that very first place? Or have you left him where he was? When you got born again, you knew for every one of us there who is a born again Christian. You know the level everything was at. You knew where God was, you knew where every other thing. But as time goes on, you become a more important personality. So your, 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 your pride, not let's not call it pride, your reputation has gone up. Praise the Lord. Your interests, your friends. So when you now want to weigh a decision you're making, some things have come up. And invariably, if God had not also gone higher, what you have done is that you have dropped him a bit lower. And that is why when he says, with your intelligence, am I loving God with as much intelligence as I am processing other things that concern me personally? Okay, let me use the vegetable soup. You see, I wish I could get some things that capture it, but I know that in life I've changed my taste that, you know, has changed in so many areas. There was a time that, okay, if I just saw green in any soup, I'm excited but now the soup has to be without fish bone it has to be without fish scale if i see fish scale in it i will not be happy why because i'm now seeing it all the time there was a time i didn't used to see it all the time so anyone i saw i was what it was hallelujah but now it's becoming common so my standard is what changing the question is this is my worship graduating pari passu Is someone getting what I think? So the Lord was saying to this, people, you're doing well, you're doing well. But there are some things you left behind. There are some things you have, you know, allowed to drag. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. So love for God. Could it be what God was saying? Could it be that in my conversations, like I I confessed on Sunday, that there was a time when, if I'm with my friends, all that is just burning in my heart is, If you die, where will you go to if you die? Have I now become more refined that when I'm with my friends, I can discuss Buhari, discuss Arsenal, discuss Man U, and leave them still going to hell and be comfortable? Why? Because I'm more mature now and I don't want to embarrass anybody. Could it be that in that sense, I have left him behind? I don't know. I don't know. Praise the Lord somebody. You know, when they put movies, they say, uh, they, they, they put gradings. They say PG, PG 13, then they say what, what's the other one they say? Parental advice, and then there's 16, then there's 18, then there's 23. What they're saying is that as you mature, you can watch nonsense. So the, the more matured you are, the more nonsense they should give, give to you. Now, in the same way as a Christian, as you mature, what nonsense are you tolerating? So some people tell you, I leave that thing those are those days. Ah, we are mature now. We are not. this. this. No, please. We, we've come out of legalism. Why should I kneel down? Why should I close my eyes? Now, none of those things really should be a demarcating or, or rather a, a, a standard. But now, are you now growing more in the spirit to defend your saying that the outward things don't count again? Praise the Lord. If you notice, whenever you want to pray with someone who is not very, very, who has not matured or grown spiritually, you'll see his physical comportment change. Say, so let us pray. He either kneel down or bad. but you that have been chatting with God and drinking uh, tea with God, let us pray you just be like this. Uh, because, you see, <laughs> young God played draft yesterday. Now, now, it's okay if you're doing that and you're going to higher levels in the spirit. But just be sure that you have not what? Left your first love. Left your first love. The second one we want to do quickly is love for one another. And we saw that in the second part of the passage we read in Matthew 22. It says, and love your neighbor as yourself. Could it be that that is where the Ephesus church, the Ephesian church, had their problem, that they were doing all these things that they were doing, but their love for one another was not as strong as it used to be. In that very one, I can tell you that I know that that one we have failed. You see, when we started the church, okay, both the first church and this church, there's nobody that comes into church that everybody doesn't get to know. But, you know, as the church gets bigger, after church, you have your clique, you know, we don't want to hear that, but you have your people that you want to see. You're walking towards somebody now, and every other person, you do not they're blocking your view because there's the person you, you planned a meeting with after service. You want to catch him before he goes. And as you're doing that, you're brushing past some persons. And the people you're brushing past may be their first time. And when they saw you, they were eager, thinking you were walking towards them, only for you to shove them aside so you can see who you really wanted to see now that happens now but i bet you when the church was 12 people it never happened when the church was 40 people it never happened when the church was even 50 80 100 people it never happened but now you see the numbers have increased so your your matters your concerns have increased besides your position in society you can't be greeting everybody because you greet some people they just ask you for money and you're tired you're tired of this every time you know Uh, can i see and then it's money they're begging you for you don't want that so so you front your face when you see some people coming your way because you know that these people are potential you know uh, money askers now the challenge with that is this i mean the other one side of that is this that for them to ask you money and for you to be angry that they're asking you money means that you have money isn't it now there are some persons that would wish that they would ask them money and would wish they had the money to give. And then when someone asks them for money, the only thing they say, oh, I wish I had, I would have given to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? But you see, you have grown to, I remember when my prayer, I'm telling you the truth, when my prayer was, Lord, I want to be able to pay tithe. Seasons passed, weeks, no income to bring out a tent of, now, for some people who had gotten born again, we don't emphasize tithe here. Tithe is actually just a guide. Everybody should give according as he has what? Purpose in his heart, in proportion to which the Lord has prospered. Okay? So it's just a guide. That 10% is a guide. But persons that God had prospered and were giving tithe before, all of a sudden, the prosperity has increased. And then you check if I write this check of 1 million everybody the people in our council know i made 10 million if i write this check of 5 million then they will now be wondering why didn't i donate 20 million when they did this project because of that you now withdraw completely meanwhile when god was blessing you in thousands you were rejoicing to bring that 10 percent or whatever it was what has happened is that you have deserted something you have left something behind and you might have all types of daddy freeze, you know, arguments to defend it. it I'm, I'm not, you know, he, I don't even notice him. I pray that God will, you know, work his work in him just like everybody needs their own work. But the issue is this. The matter of my financial relationship with God should get better, not worse. If for whatever reason I was deceived into paying tithes many years ago, is it open eye that will now make me cease to give to God? Praise the Lord. We all went to school. Many of us that uh, studied some courses in school. What is helping us now with life is not the main course we study. It's the general studies. What was it called? Uh, GS. That's what is helping us. Because you probably went there and studied the BK, but they forced you to learn about some things. Forced you to learn, you know, some English 101, some, you know, some basic things. That's what you're using. So, now you, <laughs> you, the only evidence that you went to school is the one you were lamenting about. Praise the Lord. So, why would I, in the course of my Christian life, look at something and say, ah, you know, that thing, that respect thing, that, uh, that all those things. That, 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 that what, man, nonsense. No, no. If I ever learned it, some most of us are aware. Tyson fought the other day, isn't it? The man is able to fight for how many rounds did he last? Did he, I think eight rounds or six rounds. Whatever rounds he lasts, it's because at a season in his life, some things were built in. You never know when the demand for what you did in the past will save you today. Praise the Lord. Anyway, we're talking about love for one another. First John... Uh, Chapter four, verse seven. So we're looking at things that we want to possibly go back because that's what the Lord said to us. First John four, verse seven. He said, "Beloved, let us do what let us love one another. Let us love one another." He says, "For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God." For God is love. In this is is the love of God. In this the love of God was manifested towards us. That God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved. I like this. If God so loved us. What does He say? We also ought to love one another. If God can love my brother, who am I not to? If God can love me, who am I not to love another person? All the standards I set as minimum before I can relate or love somebody. If God can look at my own life and lower his standard to love me, who shouldn't I now be loving? Verse 12 says, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, what happens? It says, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. Brethren, this is an area that we need help. Part of what I prayed was that this would not be a teaching. It would be a deposit, that the Spirit of God will work in us. Because these are not just things that empty words, you know, these are not empty words by the grace of God. But that the Spirit of God will quicken in our hearts, and corporately as a church, And as we're looking at this, you know, I've done the illustration of someone that is looking from up. But note that it talks about loving the brothers. To be a brother is not to be a member or to be around somebody. If you're going to be my brother, it means that my interest, you are seeking it. Not just what you can get from me. And these are some of the things that spoil, this, you know, that spoil this whole thing. Because as we learn something like this, some people appear and they come from the side of, how do I gain advantage? Now, I think many years ago, Momichi taught us that every part of the church, someone has something he can supply. Nobody is a consumer. Even God's creation. Look at God's creation. The trees are there. What do they do? They give us oxygen. And we have problem of where to dispose of carbon dioxide. What do they do? They take the carbon dioxide. They need it. We need the oxygen. So there's what? There's a relationship. That's called symbolic relationship, I mean. Eh? There's a relationship. And we're, you know, giving and taking, giving and taking. So the same way, in any environment you find yourself... Don't just think about who you want to acquire, you know, their clothes or their money from. What are you also giving to them? And the least thing, the easiest thing, let me not say the least thing, The easiest thing and the most valuable thing you can give as a brother to someone is prayer. And they don't need money. Once a child of God and you have access to the throne, you, if you had an uncle who visited Asorok all the time, what would you want him to do? You want him to mention your name there. Now you visit a greater than Asherok. You visit the throne of heaven. How many times do you pray for the brothers and the sisters that you're hoping to ask money from? Or the only prayer you're praying is that God, they passed me, they didn't pick me. Someday, someday, they're going to see what God will do with me. God doesn't answer such prayers. Envy prayer. No, you have to go to the native doctor to answer that. His native doctor that they go to and they say, what did they do to you? You say, they say, what do you want to do to them? You say, and then they walk towards it. If you go to God, somebody did something to you. The first thing is he'll say to you, have you forgiven? If you've not forgiven him, transaction can't even begin. Praise the Lord. So, so that scripture makes it clear to us that we ought, we ought to love one another. And as a church, I know, and as a, pe- we can do better in this area. And we were doing good in this area. Because there is land in Shorapit. There is land. There is this property. there. You bought this one. You want to buy the other one. If God leads you to bless this brother, you now hear another investment. You now buy that one. And then when someone owes you, you're ready to kill him to collect the money. Where does the love of God abide in you? You know what it means to just hear. Not, they didn't buy the car for you. That this brother was sweeping the church and this brother blessed him. You know what that does to a fellowship? It says we are family. Praise the Lord. It says we are together. You finish leading praise and when you come down, you know, a, a sister walks and says, Brother, just manage it and just squeeze this 50000 into your hand. Even though that one you won't tell us, so it won't, uh, but for whatever reason. It, it, that's what it should be. We are family praise the lord as an usher in lagos just ordinary usher i was not an official people at least two different people gave blessed me gave me gifts just for ushering you can imagine that you know from heaven if you're a parent and you have more than one child you know the joy it gives you when your children are loving on one another and you know the pain it gives you when they fight one another when a child takes something that is his or hers and goes to share with a brother, as a parent, once you just look at it, it fills you with joy. You want to bless them the more. I'm jumping myself. Some wanted three. Let's look at it. It says, "How good and pleasant it is what when brethren to do what dwell together in unity. How good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity." Verse two. It says, it is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the bed, the bed of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments, verse 3. It is like the Jew of Hammon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there, what happens? The Lord, that parent, commands a blessing. Life forevermore. That's what it is. Can we look at that in the Living Bible or NLT, any of them that you have? It captures it more. It calls it harmony. How wonderful it is. How pleasant when brothers live in harmony. It says, for harmony is what? As precious as the fragrant oil that was poured over Aaron's head. And ran down onto his bed and onto the border of his Verse three. It says, harmony is as refreshing as the dew on Mount Hermon. On the mountains of Israel. And God has pronounced this eternal blessing on Jerusalem. Even life forevermore. When that togetherness is there, God just blesses. I pray it will be restored to us in Jesus' name. Oh, yes. God loves it. Everyone will love it. In fact, everything you have loves it. Your car. Do you know why you have to service your car and change the all? So that everything can work together. Any system that is a working together. Someone has said that it's not the best players that win a match. But it's the best teams that win. You might have a team that has the best players. But if they're not a good team together, they never win. That's part of the things we suffer as a national team. We have very good players. But because of resources and planning and a lot of things, our teams don't get to bond. So most times, they don't, you, know, you don't see their best coming out. Because harmony draws down a blessing. It's just like singing you notice no matter the song that the choir is singing, once you can pick the harmony, even if you're not enjoying the song, the harmony will minister to you. That's why they'll never take someone like me in choir. Because when somebody begins to sing something and I'm trying to join it, I don't know what happens to my ear. I will hear another thing and then... <laughs> I will go out of harmony. You know. So we desire that we will go back to where there is love. Amongst one another. Praise the Lord. Love for the brethren. is such a beautiful atmosphere. And it's not with you know, it's not with respect of persons, it's not with any other motive. Just this is my brother. Can you just look around here, please? Can you just can we just do an exercise and look at everybody you can see and know that this is my sister? You are my sister, you are my brother. We are children of God. The God we sing to is our Father. Our Lord Jesus taught us to pray. He didn't say my Father which art in heaven. He said our Father. It means we have the same home address. Praise the Lord. When it's all said and done, we return to the same home. If I win you, I've not won anybody. We are going home. The trophy is coming to your home. If I let you win me, I haven't lost anything. Why? The trophy is coming where? It's coming to our home. It's coming home. We are family, and heaven wants us to see it that way and to live it that way. When the Bible says, if any two shall I agree as touching anyone, it's not just when we want to pray, we hold hands. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. It's a mindset that says, anything my brother needs, according to the will of God, I'm with him. Anything that my sister needs, according to the will of God, I'm with her. I thank God for the Freedom Fellowship and for the unmarried, you know, and I pray it continues like that. Somebody is getting married. They, you don't need to be invited. You come and support because if my sister is getting married, there is marriage in the family. Praise the Lord. And we, be, we become anything, we help in any way to make sure that it's a success. Why? Because it's family. When we do that, people of God, we are keeping the commandments of God. And he says, there he commands the blessings. Is it in business? Thank God for the uh, expo we had recently. You encourage one another. I shouldn't have a business to do. And my brother has the same business. And because I've seen you finish, I now go to somebody that has a big signboard whose quality and delivery is not even as good as yours. But because I want to say that I'm shopping in, or I'm buying from... I had to travel to Okokomaiko. I forgo the people that God has placed in my path to patronize and to transact with. Do you know that the anointing upon us comes out even as we interact with one another? The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Because of time, we, we move on. The third one we want to look at is love for the world or love for the lost. This one is also one that I know that we have also failed in this area. We were doing better. I mentioned this on Sunday. Outreaches, soul winning. The challenge of the time is that things have changed. Okay, so we also do not have that as an excuse because as things are changing in our private lives and other ways, we are also changing and adjusting. So in the past, there was, you know, door to the evangelism and all of that. But you and I know that even with the corona and a lot of things and security, some of those things we may not be able to do okay but we must be ingenious as to how do we you know win souls for the kingdom apart from the individual one that we carry you know the, the the bible makes us i think that's proverbs eleven thirty, where it says he that wins souls is wise people of god he that does not win souls is what i don't want to continue to be a fool I don't want to continue to be a fool. The year is ending. And very soon some people will be counting what has the Lord done for me this year. And want to go into depression or expression or whatever. But what i have also asking myself, have I, have I been wise this year? Or have I been foolish? He that wins souls is wise. Our Lord Jesus put it in better perspective for us. Matthew 14. Matthew 14 verse, um, verse 13. You see it is a very interesting part of scripture before this verse 13 of matthew 14 they had just told us that jesus jesus's cousin john the baptist was beheaded okay because the, the text we are reading will start from when jesus heard it what jesus heard was the beheading of his cousin john the baptist and when he heard it the bible says he departed from there by a boat to a deserted place by himself he went to mourn he went to you know taking this Terrible news of the loss or the beheading of his cousin. And while he was there or going there, we don't know how. But immediately, the Bible says, when the multitudes headed, they followed him to where he was going to mourn. Now, look at verse 14. And when Jesus went out, he saw what? A great multitude. He was going to mourn. They didn't lose their cousin. He was the one that lost his cousin. And he was now going to mourn. And the Bible says, when he saw them, what did he do? He was moved with compassion for them. Who is having compassion on him? But rather he was moved with compassion for them. And he turned and began to heal their sick. If you read down that story. That's where after healing their sick. The disciples said it's okay. Now they let them go. He said no they will not go. They are hungry also. He was going to mourn. But because of the love. He had for the lost. He said he saw them. One, another place says he saw them as sheep without shepherd. I pray that God will open your eyes to see the real situation of any unsaved person. You see, one of the miracles I pray God will work for you is to see the real status of anybody who is not born again. You know, we, we have, when the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world. We must really pray and desire continually not to be conformed to this word. It's not hard to find or rather to search and see that many Christians still envy so-called rich unbelievers. Many Christians still admire so-called beautiful unbelievers. How can you admire somebody that Satan has bound head, leg, feet everywhere and leading to hell? Every unsaved person is to be pitied. The, the moment you see that, you begin to understand what we're talking about. Everyone, no matter whether he's your uncle, or he's this, or he's the finest, the most beautiful, the most handsome, the richest. Whatever, if he's not born again, if his name is not in the book of life, you should be having pity on him. Because if he drops dead, hell is where he's going to. God must open our eyes to that. So when Jesus saw these people, he was moved with compassion. He said, I can't let them go. I have to minister to them. I have to minister to them. I have to minister. Love for the lost. We must. Compassion for the lost. Everywhere we find ourselves in. Anywhere. Sometimes you may not be able to speak. But let the burden be there. I just pray that the Lord will help us. Our Lord Jesus said to, to the disciples, When they came and saw him, you know, um, after they had gone to buy food for him. I believe that's John chapter 4, 31. He said to them, I have food to eat. I have food to eat. Some translations will say, I have nourishment. The Bible says there is rejoicing where? In heaven, over one sinner that turns to repentance. Do you know what it means? That's transgalactical rejoicing isn't it imagine something happening here and it's transferring the clouds it passes it crosses the moon it crosses the sun it crosses the stars the galaxies and gets to the first heaven second heaven and third heaven and then third heaven is rejoicing it's not a small thing now may our eyes be opened to rejoice here also over what they rejoice over there my nourishment jesus said this satisfies me to do the will of him who sent me what is the will for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son who knows but for i'm looking at this for myself and because i'm your pastor i'm also looking at it together, corporate can we you know pray to the lord that in this new year we are beginning as a church that in all these areas, by his grace, we will go back and pick them up. And be refired, revitalized, reinvigorated to be faithful in these areas. It says so that church can be sweet. Not because of any other thing, but because heaven is also happy with us. We learned on Sunday that it doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what people say. What matters is what the owner of the church is saying. He will say to us, and our prayer is that he says that. He'll say to us, well done, thou what? Good and faithful, steward. Enter into the joy. That joy that will never cease. Let's rise on our feet. There's a joy that won't cease, sir. There's a joy that will never end. There's a joy that will never pass away. That's what we want to get to. That's what we want to be reinvigorated for, revitalized for. So that we can press into that joy that knows no bounds. Unending joy. Heaven in my heart. Heaven in your heart. Heaven in our midst. It's why it says if we love one another, I say, God abides there. That God may come and indeed abide with us. We learn that the solution to the perilous times that we're entering, or rather that we're already in, is more love is more love and we trust that as God will help us that this love will be visualized and from the far east and from the far west and from far north far south people will be drawn to this love people will be attracted to see there is a place where they are not responding to these times with hatred and anger and you know short temperedness but there is accommodation there is reception there is love there is warmth let us pray that the Lord will help us that the Lord will help me individually lord that my the, the bible says the love of god has been shed abroad upon our heart by the spirit of god by his spirit lord by your spirit please revitalize your love in me in ways that i had left it behind love for your name love for your world love for your songs love for everything about you love for the, the the gospel music you see i remember also as a young christian i just gospel music round how many do we have then Kim Claire, is it Kim, uh, Kim Hill? You know, Helen Bello. About three, three CDs. Three th- CDs. But you play them non-stop, non-stop, non-stop. But now there are over a million songs. How many of them are people playing? Okay. Let God, you know, revive us in this love. Lord, help us. Lord, help your church. Love for you. Love for one another. Love for the lost. Give me a burden. Give me a desire. Give me a sensitivity. Let me have a team spirit. Let me have a team spirit. Let me have a team spirit. Help me, O Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me share this testimony. You know, something that happened many years ago. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I believe it will will help someone maybe in a situation. Many years ago, when we came into Abuja, this was 1997, I believe. Our house was robbed. Okay? And then we were very, very rich indeed. We were rich in the spirit. But physically... Things were hard. We used to sell, you know, sell shoes, sell gold, you know, sell different things to make money. In that state, they robbed us. So, we went to the police station to report this matter. And while we were at the station, there was another matter at the police station. Now, what was this case at the police station? I don't know if you remember. Or maybe you didn't come with me to the police station. There was this um, five people who were staying in one room. And they were accommodating a pastor. And 6,000 or so was stolen. And they were accusing the pastor. So the police was about to lock this pastor. They were squatted. In cell, And had come me broke. That they robbed my house. The Spirit of God said you have 6,000. Bill your brother. Give it to them. Let it be okay. I stole it. And the man. I knew that man was innocent. But I mean where there are five unbelievers and one pastor. Who do you think will. know they will put the blame on so i took the money we didn't have where i had come to complain about the money i didn't have that was stolen by the spirit of god and just gave but you know what i left that place with so much joy i felt i played for heaven i'm telling you i felt i was a heaven's agent I felt this is my family now brethren this is Christianity that pastor I don't know him and he doesn't know me but wherever he is, if he's passing through discouragement, the Lord will remind him, Did you, Do you remember when so and so? That is what God wants to do so that you can have his joy, and then the testimony of your works will bless and leave somebody. Brethren, we are family. It should not be said amongst us that some things happen. Some things happen. We must learn to allow our lives our businesses, our careers, our circumstances to be express ways through which the Lord will pass and bless his people and bring an awe. Because for me that day, what was this? That this policeman may know that all pastors are not jokers. And finally, even the people that robbed us, we didn't because we could, we, I think we found some of them, but we just left it. God, revive us in your love. Revive us in love for you. In love for the brethren. In love for the lost. Help us as we start this new season. Of the father's church. Lord let us go back. And pick up our first love. Like you said to the church of Ephesus. Beyond what the preacher can preach. Spirit of the living God. Breathe upon us. Help us. Remind us. Teach us. Enable us let us work in this love let it not be said we left it we deserted it but today we repent and we go back and pick it up to love you again to love you like you ought to be loved to love the brethren like that brethren that like to to love one another as children of the same god and to love the lost with compassion O oh lord help me O oh lord help your church our father this is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I, I want to pray for us before I leave you. As I was preparing this, the Lord said to me, Do you know love is expensive? Just like the testimony is. Love cost. That's why we shun from it. But he said to me, I, I was thinking I'll leave this for another day, but I need to pray that prayer. He said to me that I created the world to be powered by love. You know, the Bible says faith, walking what? Through love. Why does faith have to walk through love? The spiritual principle of the world is to be powered through love. You know why? The God that created the heavens and the earth created it in love. There was no problem God had that creation was to solve. Are you getting what I'm saying? There was no need on God's side. There was no challenge, no need. When God said, let there be, it was not, let there be a world to feed me. Well, it was not, let there be a world so I can stand on it. God needed, he said, in love, I created the world. Anytime you operate in love, you align with the power that was at the back of creation. Even though love costs. But it says, once you put yourself in that light, it says, my anointing will flow. That's what Psalm 133 was telling you. It says, there I command the blessing because you align with the principle. I want you to pray, Lord, as I desire to walk in love, empower me. Empower me. Empower me. Empower me. Empower me. As I want to serve, as I want to give, as I want to minister, as I want to accommodate, as I want to speak, empower me give me lord all that is necessary give me understanding give me health give me resources give me position in that office you know what it is lord bless me in that office so that i can easier and more easily show love and show compassion in that neighborhood in that circumstance oh lord heal my body so that oh lord even this testimony i can reach out with it oh lord and minister tomorrow whatever area it is lord empower me father we thank you and we give you the praise because we know you hear us for we pray through jesus christ our lord amen praise the lord praise jesus You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We're sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Baneck's Quaringpa Expressway, Expressway, near next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone, 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www you that the father's god bless you